And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And welcome to The Real Deal. Well, it's Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP. Danny Ratliff, CFP. Thanks for being here with us today. So appreciate it. Danny looks like his yield curve is inverted this morning. How you doing there, buddy? Doing okay. How about you? (laughs) He looks like he's had as much sleep as I've had. That's probably pretty fair. (laughs) Danny had a traffic encounter this morning. Yeah, it was fun. I came across it first. No, I came across it first. No, right. You came across it. You reported it. Yes. In Houston, we have a problem with wrong-way drivers. And so I'm tooling along the tollway at, you know, 4.30, and there's a guy heading the wrong way mm-hmm. in the median, and so I called it in. And yes. I think mine was actually separate incident. Was yours at the toll booth? Yep. Yep, separate incident. Huh. It Perfect. 50, mm-hmm. And that's in honor of the 50th uh, anniversary of The Godfather. Danny at the toll booth, <laughs> getting shot up. So, um, no, mine was what, what Brent saw today. Um, the, the wrong way drivers are part of what we call not the outliers in Houston. They are part of the normal curve. <laughs> I don't get it. Or maybe I do get it, and I just don't want to uh, yeah. deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the things you have to deal with. Well, speaking of head-on, collisions welcome to the markets um actually futures are up today sort of a good day yesterday danny i know the 10 years close to 2.35 percent but uh markets seem to be handling everything uh in stride right now looks like we came back a little bit we got back a little bit of those losses that we had Mm -hmm. from the day before you know Mm -hmm. the worst day we've had in what like six seven on on Wednesday, yeah. So um, you know, it, it's interesting how quick the you know people's perception and mindset can change from where we've been so so bad, everything was coming to an end, the things everything was going to fall, and now people are like, wait a second, now I need to get back in. And so we have to be cautious though, because this could be a reflexive bounce more than it could be just hey things are hunky dory. We've priced in all the all the potential interest rate increases, mm-hmm. which you know we keep hearing these magic numbers, what seven eight times mm-hmm. what's the likelihood we get there i mean we went from you know half a basis point to 25 basis points just with this last hike you know next meeting's not till may we may see this happen a little bit a little bit sooner actually if we continue to see inflation numbers persist we could be surprised and what would the market do with that well yes absolutely i think powell is trying to bully about four rate hikes and what i mean by that is he's just talking his game Mm-hmm. So markets adjust. How he gets to six more rate hikes in the face of the slowdown for first quarter economic growth, which is literally falling off a cliff, is beyond me. So either he's going to be sort of Volcker-like and not care. I highly doubt it. Powell is no Volcker. Actually, I don't even know what the Fed does anymore. That makes any sense. Um 
So financial stability. <laughs> yeah. Well, I the mean, the irony of it, right? Yeah. I mean, think think back to eighteen when he tried to raise rates. We saw a ten percent decline, and next thing you know, he comes to the to be the savior of the markets. And mm-hmm. but but the biggest difference here is there is actually that inflation, and from many different areas. Well, it's real now. Yeah. Right. It's not this. And there was some reference to the two percent benchmark which is absolutely ridiculous. It's like, yeah, my hairline is the same way it was when I was 20. Yeah. I mean, you're talking nonsense with this benchmark. Start, stop treating us like we're idiots. Because if we're following the Fed, investors, uh, institutional investors, retail investors, we're not stupid. We understand, right? Raise your benchmark. Well, the well, benchmark take it away was set altogether. There, but but I think that benchmark was there initially just to give some type of of barometer of success of the markets and say, hey, if we get if we're below it, here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep this quantitative easing here. Mm-hmm. If we get above it, that's when we can start to uh, to tighten this, a little bit or give us the leeway to do something. This because Fed, they haven't done anything. This Fed is as dated as a rectal thermometer. Okay, this, this Fed. is absolutely ridiculous. We talk about it all the time. You drive up to your house. It's fully ablaze. All the fire trucks are out there, and they're standing there watching it. Powell comes by like Artie Johnson on his little tricycle and with a water gun, and he shoots the fire, and then he falls over. He is an idiot. That's all I'm going to say. You know, I think he's been watching too many of the the Three Stooges this this week. (laughs) Something. (laughs) But think about it, Danny. We actually have <clears throat> some of the worst inflation we've seen in over 30 years, yeah. and yet the Fed still does nothing. We still have emergency procedures in place. Yeah. Why? When people ask me, people that are student investors or clients ask me why, I don't have an answer. Well, no, you do have an answer. I mean, it, I it's do? twofold. Well, yeah, of course. I just fell off my tricycle, Brent. <laughs> I have an answer. Go well, ahead. Well, no, what's the, my answer? The answer here is that maybe things aren't as good as what they, they're saying they are. And I think that's that's where the problem lies, right? So we have all this economic data. We have what best jobs numbers since 1969. We have a lot of different data coming in, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. everything looks to be rather promising. However, where we're, we came from is much much different than where we are today. Yeah. And also, how we got there was a lot different as well. I mean, we looked at yield curve. We talk about you know different periods of time where it can be problematic in the future when you see an inverted yield curve. Right. And, I mean, these are all things that we're watching for. And we had a pandemic that kind of just really everybody blazed over the economic data because, oh, man, everybody shut down. But we were likely heading to a slowdown anyways. Well, maybe just not to the same degree. Absolutely true. But, <clears throat> but how, can they, how can they give out stimulus checks and tell you things are, you know what I mean? But they not have only to that, take. Danny, why don't you bend over and let me kick you again? Think about what's happening now. They want to send out checks again because of gas prices. So everything is a check, which could lead to more inflation. Correct. Which means the Fed is going to have to move a lot faster. I think he I think this Powell dude, Artie, or as Stephanie Pomboy, the economist, calls him, Mr. Magoo, um, I think that they probably need to re- look at at least fifty basis points on the next move, don't you? Yeah, they need to do something. Yeah. I'm, but the problem is is that all the things that they're doing right now, it's all counterintuitive because it's we're treating the the problem, the symptom, uh-huh. with what caused the symptom. Right. Right. We use the no same sense. poison. Correct. It's uh, amazing. 
Um, but you know what? Markets, <clears throat> I think, in the face of all this, um, is holding up incredibly well. And I think part of that, even though underneath the surface, listen, there's a lot of damage. <clears throat> I spoke to somebody yesterday who was in all the tech stocks and all okay. the meme stocks last year who was telling me he's a market maven, right? How, boy, how far has he fallen? Now he's down around 70%. And guess what he's got? Get evenitis. They'll oh, come man. back. Yeah, your dog ran away in 1986. You think he's coming back? Hey, but you're going to love this. Jim what? Kramer said is maybe it's actually time to start buying stocks that make money. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> hey, wouldn't that be a breath of fresh air? I'm on Lance's Twitter feed right now. I think I'm going to send out a whole tweet. What should I send out? Yeah. Yeah, there's some guy bubbles and bottoms. I thought that was a strip club in New Jersey. <laughs> um, we get back. We're going to talk about what if your financial plan, you run it and it doesn't work. All hope is not lost. We're full of hope. Well, we're full of a lot of stuff this morning. We get back on Financial Fitness Friday. Stay tuned. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollars. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation and retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. left me a good one today. These GPA looking gas prices need to go. $3.89 or 3.89 is summa cum laude gas. I need some academic probation gas. The sad thing is that's you down need, here. You need Bluto. What's his name from uh, Animal House? Your GPA is 0. 0.00. <laughs> Animal House, one of the best movies ever. And how applicable today more than ever. Son, your GPA is 0.0. Oh, boy. So listen, <clears throat> inflation is nothing to laugh at. It's its own little animal house. Maybe the, the unfunny version with like Chevy Chase in it because he's not funny. Um, we're going to do our Combating Inflation and Retirement Workshop here at the Embassy Suites on April 2nd from 9 to 11. Now. Listen, there's no magic elixir for inflation. We know this, right? Um, but we want to go through the risks and dangers of inflation to retirement because not only could retirees be facing what I think is a poor sequence of returns, which means lower returns as we go forward, more volatility, right? They also have to deal with inflation. And that's, again, on a fixed income or where I don't have resources, where I'm not an earnings machine anymore, this is incredibly stressful. So, Danny, I know if you talk about talk to your retiree clients who are taking distributions, they're watching their pennies now, aren't they? 
Yeah, I think it's changed quite a bit. You know, and we do see these in times like this when we do see markets in turmoil. People historically, they tend to pull back a little bit. But now that we're seeing it, you know, not just markets with volatility, but yeah. we're seeing it actually at the at the at the counter when right. you're paying. You know, right. I mean, this is tough. And so when you go to the register mm-hmm. and you're seeing that, you know, what used to cost you X amount has cost you quite a bit more that becomes a problem. And so I think this is one of the, the things that is really difficult for people to get out of their habits. I mean, I know that like if you look at the Ratliff household, we have a pretty consistent um, probably grocery list in a budget. Because but then you it. see the difference, right? Correct. And it changes fairly substantially. And so um, I think that this is where people have to really get a hold and understanding as far as what they're doing, how they're buying it. And you know what else it is? Yeah. You know, we don't go out to eat often. We right. may go once a week. Um, and what we're seeing though is that even just going out to eat, prices are starting to creep up a little bit. They have to. All of these things are. Well, you got to think just just to get things from point A to point B, not to mention all the other issues that are out there, it's all getting more expensive. I think I have the solution. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The significance of the passage of time. <laughs> ah. There is significance to that passage. So we're just going to have to, are you saying we're going to have to wait this out? Uh-huh. The passage of time. How long do we wait? We have to wait till it's not, not as significant for this passage of time to pass. We just have to wait. Um, so you need to come to this class. So Saturday, <clears throat> April 2nd, <clears throat> 9 to 11 a.m., Brent's ready to hook me off the radio going, you're done for the day. <laughs> Realinvestmentadvice.com. <clears throat> sign up. I got a cough button. <clears throat> so sign up because it's two hours. You're going to learn something. Right? Social Security, Medicare changes are coming. Main Street Financial Advice debunked. Uh, you got to come. How to lower taxes in retirement, which is even more significant. Listen, we, we know all the ways, Danny, while we're working to lower taxes. We're, we get that information ad nauseum, right? It's thrown at us all the time. But how the heck do you do it in retirement? Because you're not going to fall to the lowest tax bracket. You think you might, but you're not. So come sit with us. It's a live class. You'll enjoy it. Um, we're sort of cheap, so we may not have refreshments. No, we will. We'll have something there. I mean, but the, one cup per person. One cup yeah. of coffee per person, because coffee is expensive. Unless we wait for the significance of the passage of time. Now, um, on your, in your financial plan, I'm at a meet with someone the other day, and I had a tough, tough discussion. Danny, he wants to retire at 59 years old. Okay, admirable goal, young retiree. His plan doesn't work. Now, significant assets, wonderful job saving, little debt, but its plan doesn't work. Why? Well, part of it's longevity risk, right? They went to living to 100. They're coming up with numbers age 94, 97 years old. This money has to last multiple decades. And what if we do, Danny, go through a poor sequence of returns over the next 10, 15 years of lower returns, right? Not only that, I have to fill in the healthcare equation equation before Medicare, which can be, and there's no retirement healthcare benefit. So it can be very significant. So this is a tough conversation. If you're working with an advisor who has to tell you your plan's not working, that advisor has to give you hope because a plan isn't a brick. It's clay. You mold it. You work with it. To, you get it to work. 
there are ways to do it, Danny, and it's not that painful to do. I don't know if it's, it's not that painful. It's just that I think the utter shock of saying, what, my plan's not going to work? Yeah. Scares people to death. But you know what? I well, think and that you that don't should... show, but the thing is, I said it that, but I said, listen, this is, you know, I'm going to give you the most realistic information mm -hmm. I can. I bet, before you continue, but I bet if he went to a big brokerage firm and had his plan. It always worked. It would have worked. Of course. It would have absolutely There'd worked. There'd have been no sequence of return <laughs> risk. There'd be very, very little. Returns would have been through the roof. And even then, they you'd find a way to manipulate it to make sure that, hey, it works because, hey, nobody wants to work with somebody who says that their plan's not <laughs> going to work. But I, I, that's what you need. You need somebody who's going to play devil's advocate, who's going to mm -hmm. be the, the other kind of vision or, or other voice on the your shoulder. The objective voice, right? Exactly. Yeah. Saying, hey, maybe you need to look at this a little bit differently. And so keep in mind, there are lots of different ways to make these things these things work. Now, sometimes there's not. You know, sometimes, you know, most people don't factor in the healthcare cost, especially prior to Medicare. This well, is they don't think it's going to be as expensive correct. for a family as it is. And what kind of coverage is it going to provide, right? It's right. going to be mostly catastrophic coverage. But then here's the most important thing. 59 years old and you want to retire, what's... What's the reason? What's the, what's the why behind the want? Like when we write scripts, we talk about um, in, in movies and so forth, it's what's the dialogue behind the dialogue, right? So mm -hmm. I had to get to the real reason why this gentleman wants to retire at 59. And guess what it was, really? He's just not happy yeah. at his work. You know, he finally revealed to me, you know, I'm not happy doing this. I work for a big retail firm. I'm not happy. I need a change. Okay, that's the issue, right? Yeah. It's not that I, he really necessarily wants to retire. It's that there's another issue. You've been there, mm -hmm. though. You've worked for, for the, the wrong firm at one point or another, and you know Listen, how bad they can make you. You may not even mm -hmm. ever want to work again. Say, you want, that's it. I'm hanging it up. Let me tell you, if I was still working for Darth Vader, I'd have been, I'd have been working like the, the drive through at Chick-fil-A. I mean, yeah, I get it. I absolutely get it. So um, so you got to understand is t some minor tweaks makes a plan work, right? So here's what we found out. We found out his wife wants to continue to work, Danny. Therefore, he can do health care coverage on her. Perfect. We also found out that he's got a lot of skills to make money to be a consultant in this information tech area or logistics that he's working in, right? So he was able, I said, why don't you look around and see if you could find a job in a company you like, even if it's part-time? He did. Good for him. <clears throat> right, and we know one thing, working longer or just working part-time adds exponentially to the success of a plan. So we did that. Good for him. We took so we're looking at taking Social Security at 70, <clears throat> right? And then at a certain period of time, adding in an annuity for a pension option, right? His wife has to work about another year longer. She's okay with it because she doesn't want to be home with him. No offense. Um, so guess what? We can't retire at 59, but we made it work at 61. Yeah. We went from 13% probability of success. To ninety three percent, just a big by change. It's a big change, right? But listen, it, it wasn't hopeless. Your plan is designed to be a living, breathing 
document. And sometimes you got to dig into the underneath the numbers. You got to go away from the quantitative into the qualitative. What's going on with you that you need to do this at 59 years old? Because you are a master in your field. You like your, your field. You hate your job. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I said, have you discussed this with your wife? He goes on and off. I said, well, we're going to get on a call with her. And, you know, that was bring other people into your decision because you can get so, it's so myopic. You can really, because you're so unhappy. You get tunnel vision. You get this tunnel vision. So not all plans end in annuities. All plans can be successful with tweaking, but you've got to have realistic numbers. You've got to have realistic numbers. And I am very concerned for people who are going to retire this year and going forward based on the volatility. Volatility is not your friend when you're in distribution mode. When you're Wilson as opposed to Tim the Toolman Taylor, right? When I'm the great show, Tool Time, right? I'm on the other side of the fence. I'm taking money out of my accounts. <clears throat> it's a different story. Volatility doesn't work for you as opposed to when you're an accumulator and you're putting money in and you're possibly buying equity shares at a lower price. What else can I do to make my plan work, Danny? Because I really would like to work with you. You're a really good guy. You look like General Smith. You got a trustworthy face. You're going to tell me some other things we could do to make our plans work. It's never hopeless. And along with the significance of the passage of time, your plan will work. Thank you. We'll be right back. Financial Fitness Friday. Investment Advice Blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollars. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation and retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. And we're back. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. Listen, we've got a lot of events that are going to be coming up uh, through May. Lunch and learns. Those go really well. It seems like we have a lot of people that are um, eating lunch with us. Virtually. Virtually, yeah. Always happy to do that. So we've got some coming up. And again, our Combating Inflation and Retirement, Saturday, April 2nd, 9 to 11. Sign up. Come see us. Watch Danny and I help you understand how you're never going to retire. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> 
We just got to make sure you, you manage the pitfalls. And inflation is now another one of those pitfalls. Yeah, the cost of living adjustment for Social Security is pretty good. And I have an estimate. I, I'm totally guessing that the cost of living adjustment for next year, Danny, will probably be about four, four and a half. Yeah. But we also know what Medicare premiums, Part B, what that inflation looks like, right? Because one of the things we do really well in our plans, amongst all the others, is track inflation. Inflation by goal. And what I'm concerned about, Danny, is at the end of this year, for the beginning of next year, we might have to hike some of our inflation numbers. We did it early on, like during the pandemic, because uh, based on the information coming out of the Atlanta Fed, um, they do a great job on sticky inflation. And uh, they just do great studies on inflation, by the way, if you haven't seen it, seen them. And uh, we just might have to raise that bar again for plans for next year. Yeah, and that can be a big hurdle for a lot of plans to overcome. When we raised it yes, last right. year, um, you know, that changed some plans rather significantly. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at that, you look at volatility, you look at the speed of what people actually take funds out at. These things can really disrupt a plan pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But our job is, like we mentioned earlier, is to really make sure we're stressing these funds so that when these events occur, you guys are going to be okay. You can you can weather these <clears throat> storms. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the bigger parts of the plan. So you mentioned earlier about you know how you can use a plan in, in different ways. Right. But I think one of the bigger aspects of it's a roadmap. It is. And you know there's going to become forks in the road. There's things that we don't know that will occur, but this is going to give us the foundation to come back to to say, okay, this is the way we need to go. Or here's your options. Which one is best for you and your family? And you know, while I know Lance gives gives us a hard time saying, "Oh, plans are so boring," <laughs> and and I get it. And, and a lot of people don't want to do them because they feel like there's finality to them. But there's never really finality to a plan because we there don't is, know exactly what's going to happen. And there's nothing more flexible than the plan, correct? Right? Because your life is. It's just a you know, if you're if you're if your life is a film, it's a snapshot. And those snapshots change, plans change, goals change. People say, listen, in 20 years, I might want to do this. I had clients that say, hey, I would like to have a second home. But then I decide I really don't want a second home. So that's okay. Or I want to have a fishing camp. But you know what? I don't. I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to pay for it. I want it. all those things. Yeah, I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, Danny, like, put that in my plan, but have someone else pay for it. <clears throat> there you so, go. Plans are designed to be flexible, <clears throat> and you just need minor tweaks to make them work. But guess what? There's no magic in these plans that comes from, say, the stock market. And what I mean by that is a stock market, even a good one, and mostly, obviously, a good one, is not going to overcome your financial pitfalls for your entire life. Yeah, it could, it, could, it, could, it could cement in or over a lot of mistakes. But if you have, say, a hurdle rate of 7 8%, those are the kinds of returns you need to meet your goals. That's a problem. Or it's a solution because how do you get there? Half of it might be the market, but the other half has to be you. There's no magic to this. It's work. It's work on your advisor's part and work on your part. If you're, if you're a fiscal wreck, your advisor can't work. Magic. Right? 
Well, and I think that's some of the problems that when people step into a plan, they're looking at these, these things and they say, you know, well, okay, I have to get a lot more aggressive. Right. Or oh, they make yes, some mistakes right. instead yeah. of instead of doing the things that we, we should inherently do, <laughs> right? The best thing we have is our human capital. And instead of making these decisions and making some of the harder ones where we forego some of the, some of the things that we'd like to do now and – we, we want to get more aggressive. Yeah, let me get more aggressive. I've got two years to retirement. We've got to make up for lost time. <laughs> well, wait a second. That's very common, by the way. Well, it is. It's extremely common. And it's extremely problematic, especially when you're seeing it with PEs where they are today with the level of debt. I mean, we can. the list goes on and on. You guys all know what the, the potential headwinds are here. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's going to end right now. But when it does, it could be very ugly. And this is what we see disrupt plans, which is why we, when we run a plan, we actually look and say, what happens if the first two years you retire, your portfolio just goes to shambles? And this is, this is mm-hmm. interesting in the sense that, well, that's not going to happen. Well, what if it did? We have to take that into account. Yeah. How nice is it when we do have market turbulence, when you run people's plans here and they haven't changed? Because I met with someone just a couple of weeks ago. Plan worked last year. Plan doesn't work this year. They got, a, they got a plan run at one of the big brokerage firms. 99% success. Now they're at 45%. Well, let, and we haven't even had this big of a downturn in the market, Danny. Correct. But if you always assume that things are going to be so good. Exactly. And when you have any little hiccup, it throws everything awry. It, literally, you're priced to perfection if you're going to say that these things are all, mm-hmm. you're always going to make 8%. There's never going to be volatility. You're not going to give yourself a raise. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we can run a plan, but we we want to make sure that we're doing so so that you can encounter these events and mm-hmm. still thrive. I think that's the, that's the they, main they issue. Are, and you said it. That's very that's a very excellent way to say it. They are priced for perfection for accumulators, especially. They're not priced for vulnerability for distributors, right? Because if I'm in a distribution mode, if I'm Wilson on the other side of the fence, um, and I don't have a television show to make money off of, or my wife doesn't work, um, and I'm just depending upon a variable investment nest egg, then I have to examine the vulnerability of that plan. Like you said, what if it does happen? The first 10 years of distributions and market returns or variability of those returns on your portfolio is going to mark the success of your distribution process over the following 10 and the following 10. A 10% correction, which is, should be as normal as breathing if you invest in stocks, can be detrimental to a distribution plan, depending upon the distribution rate. That's not something we're used to, Danny, because we're used to being human capital earnings machines, accumulators. Going to the distribution mode is a, is a totally different mindset, isn't it? It is. You know, it's one of those conversations that we do have frequently. And it's probably the most difficult thing for most people to do because we discuss, you know, we're planning as accumulators, we accumulate. And now all of a sudden, you know, we've something we've based our kind of end game on now you have to unravel it and you start taking distributions. And that's extremely difficult. And, you know, more so for men. And we talk about this from mm-hmm. a, the retirement, kind of the crossover risk. And we will be talking about this 
in, in more detail on April 2nd. Go to signupforinvestmentadvice.com. It'll be our live event right. here at Beltway 8 and I-10 here in Houston. Love to see you guys out. But this is one of the most difficult things for people to do is the psychological impact of actually starting to take those distributions. And we encourage a lot of times when there's the ability, sometimes you can kind of go through a, a faux retirement mm-hmm. and, and start practicing ahead of time. We say, okay, all your paychecks are going to go to this account. We're going to start making distributions this way. Mm-hmm. And now it's going to look and feel a little bit different because you may still be saving. You may still have your retirement right. or your health care, um, you know, HSA plans, things of the, that nature. But there's so many moving parts. There are ways, though, that we can kind of start to go through a practice trial run. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's helpful. a good idea. Even a year before you retire yeah. is to really, one, micro-budget. Know where every penny is going. I know it sounds boring, but what an awareness it is going to create for you. And to what Danny just said, we're going to live off X amount of dollars. Can we do it? I would say two out of every five couples I, that I work with who do this fail. But guess what? It's, it's an area that they improve because they begin to understand the crossover risk of, oh, gosh, I'm not bringing this money in. Because how many times do you hear from, from people who are working? You know, I think I know what, where my money is going. You know, we don't want for anything. I don't worry about where every dollar is going. I intuitively, I sort of know. Well, now it's not enough. Now I need to know. You know, a couple of years of micro-budgeting, especially in early stage of retirement, the, but you'll live and breathe the budget after a while. It won't even bother you. But you do need to know where your money is going and how you're spending it. But it really is, becomes a really good challenge to do that trial run. Yeah. People learn a lot about themselves, Danny, I think. It's, it, it's interesting to see. Well, a trial run a lot of times as well makes you think, okay, like you mentioned earlier, there are things that you think you want, but <laughs> maybe you really don't want or right. need like you think you do. And I think that's one of the bigger aspects is that really understanding, getting a really good... Um, you know, view or vision of where your money goes, how important is it or are these things to you? Because that's what it all comes down to at the end of the day. How do you want to spend your time? What do you want to do with it? And that's how we spend our money as well. So go sign up though, realinvestmentadvice.com. Next event, April 2nd, not this Saturday, but the following live in person. We'd love to have you guys out there. We'll get right back after this next break with how do you boost your credit score? Hmm. Thanks for watching The Real Investment Show. We'll be right back. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollars. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation in retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Real Investment advice.com the real investment show
Did you know? Five million people struggle to access financial products and public services because there isn't enough information on their credit score. This is a study with Experian and The Independent. Lots of big information gaps when it comes to credit scores. Listen, uh, you know, they're not that easy to figure out how, what all that goes into it. I could tell you what blows it up. <laughs> um, we started Haley very young on understanding her credit score. First thing we did was, one, was to get her a secured card. Mm -hmm. We went through creditcards.com and NerdWallet, found one of the, some of the best uh, secured cards, started working with them. And she did a pretty good job. She did a really good job building her credit score. I told her, you got to use it. You got to use the secured credit card, pay it off on time every month. That's what I want you to do. Pay it off. Pay it off. So we went through this exercise. But one thing, she was also an authorized user on her mom's card to start. And mom missed a payment. <laughs> so I went to see Haley and Emery last week. By the way, incredible, beautiful campus. And Georgia is a beautiful state. Um, <laughs> she goes, Dad, my credit score dropped like 100 points. I said, I, it's your mom. <laughs> she goes, it was mom. She missed a payment by mistake. So, you know, sometimes being an authorized user in the beginning when your child's trying to build credit is a good thing. If the other user is diligent. <laughs> so just a lesson we learned and talked about last week. Get off your mom's card now. You're on your own and you're doing great. But you got to manage your credit score. You got to check it. You got to manage it. Uh, obviously, there was a big story about, I think, how medical debts were no longer going to be part of yeah. credit score. Well, I think that's a big thing. So yeah. you know what happened to me last year. I blew my knee out and had to have surgery. Mm -hmm. I actually had something show up on my credit report, I don't know, a month ago. Oh, medical? Medical. Oh, like it was less than a hundred bucks. And you didn't even know it was probably never received a bill, never anything. Finally, somebody calls me on the phone, thinks it's spam. And I said, well, you can pay me right now. It's like, I'm not paying you right now. <laughs> send me, send me a bill. You've never sent me anything. That was me calling Danny. You know, it probably was. <laughs> well, um, you no, the, whole, right now, the, whole, yeah. the whole medical billing thing is a game. It is. It's you ridiculous. Know, there's, you get 15 different bills in, when you're in the hospital for 15 different services. And all fairness, those billing departments can't enjoy no. it. Well, you know. I, said, I said, hold on now. I said, I'm not trying to give you a hard time here, but did you ever actually send me a statement? Oh, yeah, we did. So what address? I had lived at the address they sent some to in like 10 plus years. Like, <laughs> wait a second. This wasn't on any of the information that you guys took when I went into the hospital. This wasn't on my insurance. This is just poor, this some, poor mismanagement here. This, is, this shouldn't be on me. It should not impact my credit score either. But talk about trying to get something removed. Don't be a deadbeat, Danny. What a pain in the bills. butt. So I told him, I said, I'll pay you. Send me a statement. I will pay you. Here's my address. You know, I bet then I got another one. It was like 50-something dollars. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know what I bet would have worked in this case? What's that? The passage of time. Ah, significant. Well, maybe it will. I still haven't received a bill from really? either of them. Not one. This is, still. This is both happening last month. And one of them, I said, what is this for? Well, this is for a, a brace. I said, you mean the brace I spent like 300 bucks for when in the hospital because you told me I needed it? Then you go to the doctor and they tell you you need another one. Oh, this is, you can't use this. He needed a brace for his other brace. Yeah. 
at that point. Tell me, want a refund for I the first refund, brace? That's right. It was terrible. Brace for a lower credit score, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, you know, it, it, the funny thing is, I got a, an alert, and that's how I found out about oh. it initially. I'm like, oh. So how did you okay. get that alert? Share it with everybody because that's so important. So you, you know, you can have lots of different different types of services that will monitor mm-hmm. your credit. Most actual big banks will actually do that for you now, or credit card yes. uh, companies. They'll say there's your credit scores mm-hmm. right. Very so, yes. like, uh, Chase has, like, Credit Journey. Wells Fargo has something. Mm-hmm. Bank of America. All the big banks do. And even the smaller ones do now as well. Um, but you can also pay for services that will actually give you some credit card, pro- give you a little bit of protection. However, they can't protect you from something like that, which is really frustrating because, I mean, you know, if you looked at my credit score, you know, we we don't have really much debt. Mm-hmm. We try to pay things down. Um, you know, I, I would say it's uh, it's pretty darn good. So it's really frustrating when something like that pops up that you're not in control of. Yes. So that's why you do have to be diligent, though, like you mentioned with with Haley. You know, this was something she had no control over. But is there something she could have done? Well, Probably we not have, in this instance. Well, we we could have. We, we, we should have removed her once she was on her own, yeah. flying on her own from a credit perspective. We should have taken her off her mom's account. Yeah, because she's not using it, the card. She's not using it for what we needed it for anymore. Yeah. And that was an oversight. So, you know, that, that, that's uh, yeah. a good point, though. So what are some of the other things that people can do, especially young people? And, you know, one of the issues that we typically see, if you've ever been on a college campus, it, you'll know that there's, there's somebody's always handing out a pizza or a T-shirt or something because, oh, sign up for this credit card. It's easy. Now, when I was in college, they had, maybe even you, Danny, they had tables set up everywhere in the student un- yeah. union, right? Sign up for this credit card. You know, and like they had all the free T-shirts. You know, they make it very mm-hmm. appetizing. You get a you get a student rate. Now I don't. I think by law they're not allowed to do that anymore. But Brent, no. when Brent went to school, the uh, the Ice Man came, dropped off the credit card. Back did in the last cre- century, did they have credit then? Yeah. What yeah. Well, in over the it, significant it, passage of time, I was. I mean, able they to had to write it on that. tablets, but yes, yes, and and not, not the type that we're thinking of. Not i tablets either. Correct. So instead of teaching children which college students are, how to use credit properly, we're just going to pull away all the temptation. Well, I, I think and that I guess that's part they do of need it, to understand. So one thing that I, I saw friends fall into pitfalls with is that, you know, you would, they'd get a credit card mm-hmm. and they say, we're going to increase your, your amount. We're going to increase your, your credit limit. And so they'd get in this hole and they'd, oh, okay, they get a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. So the one thing I did do that I think was really smart when I was younger was, um, I capped it. It was like twelve hundred bucks, and now it could be, you know, it could be detrimental at times if you really needed something. But twelve hundred bucks, and it kept me, you know, where I never got too out of bounds, and I never went too far. Because you don't think you will, no. but you don't want to. How many times do you get an email going? Well, based on your salary or whatever, you know, congratulations, but we're willing to increase your credits, your credit available to this. Correct. And I'm like, uh, thank you, but. No, okay. thank you. Yeah. I don't even want the temptation there to do it. Even though I would never do it, at least I don't think I would, why should I even have that in front of me? Well, anymore? especially not when you're starting off. You're, you're really well, trying to get regardless an understanding of, your of how age, money works. I don't, thank you for the compliment. I'll go out and you know push that limit, but no. It's just another flavor of a marketing pitch for well, the Well, that's what it is. Company. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, yeah. the other issue is that they'll automatically do it. They'll just, next thing you know, you wake up and your credit score is high. I had to physically call them and tell them, do not increase my credit score. Well, because they'll say sometimes, they'll say, listen, we're going to increase it unless we hear from you. 
they use some sort of negative. And then how many people actually call and say, like you did, you know what? No. Because you know what? Those, the amount of credit that is available to you, even though you don't use it and max it out, will also impact your credit score. Because the credit companies know that maybe you, you, know, you lose your mind one day and you decided you're going to blow out that card. So it's not only pushing the upper parameters of the limits on the card that can, can be, affect your credit score. It's how much credit is actually available to you to access if you need it. If I have five cards and they all have $50,000, $100,000 limits and I don't use them, my credit score, you know, the credit agencies are still looking at that going, hmm, wow, well, you have the this ability. guy's got a lot. You Correct. have the ability. So that to, can work in reverse, even though you have these great credit that's limits. Right. You may, it may actually be hindering you from getting a, a loan for a home mm-hmm. or things of that nature just because they'll say, well, you have the ability to go pull all this additional funds. Right. Yeah. It can work in, in reverse. This is a constantly managed area of your financial life. You can't let it go dormant. That's why one of our rules every year is pull your credit report. To Danny's point, you are getting a lot of information on your score. That is not your credit report. Yes, they're in. Tw- they're intertwined there, right? They're, they're, they, they sort of mix together to some degree, but you want to pull, and you can do it for free. You don't have to pay for that. To pull your credit report, go through all those accounts every year. Well, it's, it's important, real, but it's, your credit score will typically notify you or give you awareness to a potential issue. Correct. And I think that's the bigger that's aspect. That's right. It's an alert system. Correct. Something's affected your score. Um, so that does make sense. But if you want to get your kids started, I still think a credit card builder through a secured credit card, Danny. Absolutely. Is, you know, I think we started with like 200 bucks on a Chase card. You, they need uh-huh. a bank account. Yes. Something and they bank, can use. Yeah, that's right. Get a secured account mm-hmm. uh, card. And then you can baby step into a, a credit card. I do think they need it because the problem we see a lot of times is, you know, let's, let's say somebody graduates from college. They get their first job. They work for a couple of years. And they go to get a, buy a home. And they, don't, they can't attain any credit because they've never had any. Mm-hmm. And so this is where you need to at least establish something, get the ball rolling, but put the guardrails on, you know, put the bumpers if you're at the bowling alley and make sure that you're not going too far, know your limitations and understand that it is a process. So you're slowly building on top of you know, one building block to the next, to the next. How many, how many retirees, Danny, do you know with poor credit scores? I know multiple, multiple people. Yeah. Why? Because they don't use it. They don't need to. But guess what? They should. You never know when you're going to need credit. Well, you can use it to your advantage, number one. I mean, if you had a credit card, you can get mm-hmm. points and miles. Um, That's right. You know, number two, with the low interest rates that we have seen, and we're still relatively low historically, mm-hmm. you can still use that to your advantage. And I think that people leave a lot of money on the table by not using credit properly because we are told how bad it is. And it is in many ways when not used properly. Correct. That's it for us today. Financial Fitness Friday. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube, everybody. Have a great weekend. It's going to be a nice one. Lance Monday. See ya.
It's a rich man's world.